0: Warning, this episode is not suitable for young children, and may be triggering for some adults. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, welcome back everyone, to the third episode of my weekly podcast Writing Through the Pain, an uplifting, insightful, inspiring, and very informative podcast hosted by me, Ingrid D. Johnson, about facing and eventually learning to overcome the trauma of childhood sexual abuse. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for choosing to go on this healing journey with me. And now, part three of my story. My mother had missed all of my stepfather's red flags. She was young and too in love with him to see past his angelic glow, too invested in him to see the epic crash that lie up ahead. To the outside world, we probably looked like a normal black family, But the truth was we were a family in crisis. A crisis that began between my mother and stepfather and then slowly trickled down to me and the rest of the family. We were all living in a house riddled with betrayal. A war zone of my parents own making and we the children of this broken home were the ones most affected. My mother had waited several years for my stepfather's immigration papers to be approved so he could move to Canada. And for two young newlyweds, that was an awful long time for their devotion to each other to be tested. When my stepfather finally got the green light to move to Canada, living with him was nothing like I had hoped and dreamed. And I don't think it was anything like that for my mother either, because they argued over many things, and neither one of them seemed to completely trust one another. To make matters worse, my stepfather was a drinker and his drinking sometimes resulted in him abusing my mother, filling our home with episodes of violence and moments when I thought they would kill each other if they continued living under the same roof. It was this fear of murder that kept me up at night, with an overactive imagination, imagining monsters living in my closet and demons hiding under my bed, waiting to get me. These scary thoughts coupled with memories of my babysitter's husband touching me, made me afraid to sleep alone in the dark at night. So I started making up songs in my head to sing to myself. It was a way to distract my mind from overthinking. It was a way to take away the scary silence in my bedroom at night. A deafening silence that made me feel like I was all alone in the world and trapped in the dark with those monsters waiting to attack me as soon as I closed my eyes. Singing my made up songs to myself drowned out the sound of my parents arguing loudly across the hall in their bedroom. It soothed me and helped me to fall asleep peacefully almost every single night. The very first time I remember my stepfather touching me. I was lying on the bed. I was lying on the bed he shared with my mother watching a TV movie. My stepfather was pretending to take a nap next to me, and I was too caught up in a Sherlock's Home movie to really care. My stepfather had let me watch the movie in their bedroom because it was on Super Channel, and we didn't have Super Channel on the TV downstairs. Peacefully, lying on my back, I was lost in the mystery Sherlock Holmes and Watson were working on to solve when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my stepfather's hand slowly landed on my chest. Everything felt like a dream to me. Like I was a part of reality. I couldn't believe this person that I'd come to love and trust was actually filling up my 12-year-old breasts. It was, it was like it was no big deal to him that he was destroying me again. And I felt devastated, horrified, and stunned. The man I had lovingly called Dad for almost a year was turning into a monster right before my eyes and I couldn't believe it. The man I would confided in about my first abuser was now my abuser as well. I couldn't process the betrayal. It all seemed so unreal to me. I couldn't move. I felt frozen in time. And moving would mean acknowledging what was happening to me again. And I didn't want to go through acknowledging that again. I didn't want it to be real. I wanted it to be a lie. I didn't want to have to tell my mother that something like before had happened to me again. I couldn't believe that my stepfather was willing to send me back into that place of living in fear and shame. I couldn't believe he could be so heartless and abuse me all over again. My mother had no idea who he was, and I was afraid to tell her, remembering how badly she acted the first time a thing like that happened to me. I feared she would really hate me this time, especially since it was my stepdad a man she deeply loved. So I kept what my stepfather did to me for months and he kept doing it. I kept it inside me until one day his touching escalated to a place where I couldn't keep quiet anymore. A place where leaving my body would have to be a permanent solution. A place I can't even say with words. It was during a warm summer afternoon while my mother was at work and my two brothers were busy playing in the basement that I verbally lashed out at my stepfather who was escalating things to a place far much worse than touching. A place that I knew I could not come back from once he was done with me. So yelling out, stop, I ran out of the bedroom as fast as my little legs would carry me and locked myself in the bathroom, afraid of what he would do to me. I cried. I cried and I waited for my mom to come home from work. But when she got home, I couldn't find the courage to tell her. Weeks went by and my stepfather no longer called me into his bedroom when my mom was at work. Months went by, and it was like all the inappropriate touching and the attempt to go even further had never really happened. Although I knew it had, from the couple of bruises on my body that were slowly starting to heal. Every day I wanted to tell my mother what he had done to me, but I couldn't find the words to tell her that the man she loved so deeply was truly a monster. A pervert, a predator who wanted nothing more to destroy me and who waited for the opportunity to take advantage of me after being abused by someone else already that he knew about then a year later in our brand new house while my stepfather was out my mother decided to ask me a question I did not expect she asked me if anyone else had ever touched me inappropriately like the babysitter's husband did I didn't know what to say I didn't know how to answer her without breaking down in tears. Deep inside, I wondered if I told her the truth, the whole truth, would she be angry with me? Would she bombard me with a litany of questions, or would she turn on me and blame me and then bring it all to an end as if nothing ever happened like she did before? I didn't trust her reaction. But I badly wanted to tell her the truth all of the truth. Deciding to trust her with only a little bit of the truth to see how she would treat me after, I decided to tell her how it started. Just how it started, to see what she would say. Praying that she would not blame me for his disgusting behavior. Sadly, my mother failed to react in a loving way. She failed to react in a way that would have made me feel safe. Instead, she changed into a woman interrogating her husband's mistress, so I kept the rest of what he did to me to myself. That day, I knew our relationship was broken, more broken than it than I'd ever thought it could be. And when she confronted my stepfather with what I told her when he had got home, and he denied it, I knew I'd truly lost my mother when she decided to lash out at me and protect him. I knew I was on my own. Living in a house with skeletons is someone despised by my mother for ruining our brand new family. A child firmly instructed to avoid my stepfather whenever he was at home. A little girl reminded that good girls don't let anyone take off their clothes and touch them in a bad way. A little girl that should always use her voice to make bad things stop. A little girl in need of learning to speak the truth all the time. A little girl who had to protect herself under her family's roof. That was my mother's response to her husband abusing me. A response that made me very angry at her at first. And for years. And then sad. And then numb. A response that left me contemplating suicide at 12 years old, all alone in my house. Like this third episode? Then stay tuned for the next episode of Writing Through the Pain, My Story Continued. You don't want to miss an episode of this podcast. This is Ingrid D. Johnson from my podcast Writing Through the Pain. Join us every Wednesday evening at 9pm for a brand new episode. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to subscribe to this pop- podcast. Also catch us on Spotify, Google, Apple, I hope, and several other platforms. And don't forget to review and share this podcast with your colleagues, family members, acquaintances and friends. After all, you never know who this podcast might speak to, inspire or help to break their silence about an incident or incidents of childhood sexual abuse in their lives. Also, please check out my website, www.intheclosetproductions.com to learn more about my small production company. And if you're feeling particularly generous today, please pledge your support by leaving a tip in any amount for this podcast to help me to continue make, making music, books, films, live shows, and this podcast as well that helps to draw awareness to the impact of childhood sexual abuse and other important social issues. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting my mission. Good night and God bless. Take care, my friends.